Welcome to the Red Bearded Predator Podcast, where average folks talk about walleyes, whitetails, Wisconsin outdoors, and beyond. There's like a beast. Oh my god. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's a nice eye. Yeah. That was a fast one. Holy cow. All right, folks, welcome to tonight's podcast. We have five of us on tonight. Thought it'd be fun to get get a bunch of guys on tonight. So we got Zeb, we got Rob, we got Bud, we got Tonson, and we got myself. And we're going to start off tonight's podcast by recapping Tonson's Illinois hunt and uh, season because he hasn't been on for a while. So how the heck are you doing, Tonson? Oh, not bad. Can you, can you see me? Oh, Tonson uh, ended up uh, filling a tag recently on a pretty solid four-point buck, eh? Yeah, um, I went out, I, I think it was uh, November 26th, the day after Thanksgiving, and uh, had a pretty, like, one of the most eventful hunts I have had this season, so uh, I had some turkeys roosted above me when the sun came up, I saw them, they were about like 80 yards away probably they came down and uh ended up getting in front of me but i misjudged the distance on it so i i missed um but i had to go get my arrow because the fletchings were all messed up i had set something on my arrows and only one of them was any good so i went and grabbed the, the arrow and came back and switched the broadhead up and uh, about 30 minutes later uh, i had two small bucks kind of coming uh to my right which would have been the south of me and uh that first one uh he was just kind of moving along no care in the world but the second one was was acting a little funny and uh so when that first one stepped out i uh i i drew and got stopped and then took a shot so gotcha so did you have much for encounters all year i know you had some pretty pretty good trail camera pictures but I mean, throughout October and the rut time period, did you have anything? Yeah, I uh, I don't even know what day it was. It was pretty early in the season. I had been getting some good movement on one of the cameras, and uh, there was a there was a pretty big one that uh, had uh, had been showing up, and it was a Friday, and he hadn't shown up that day yet. So right after work, I decided to run out there real quick, and um. I ended up seeing him and he, he came up to 10 yards, but he came from a way that I wasn't expecting. And, uh, I couldn't get it. He, he ended up walking on the trail, like where I walked and he smelled me and got out of there. And then the next morning he got killed by someone who was hunting very close. And I think he ended up scoring in the sixties. So, uh, the beauty. It was uh, a little disappointing, and I, I mean, I've been I've been thinking about that buck still, but and yeah, then, but you know what, Thompson, you, you got to think of it like this, and I try to I try to to I try to express this in my videos, like you succeeded on what you wanted to do. You beat that buck. You had him at ten yards. It wasn't a failure. Don't think that was a failure because you did not kill that buck. That was a total success, man. So. 
don't feel bad. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was yeah. have been a great hunt. Yeah, I, I it, it was awesome. I'd never seen a buck like that up close before. So, yeah. but uh, I mean, I had then I, going forward, I had some encounters. Um, I think it was the first weekend of November. I went out um, to hunt some public out in Western Illinois and. Um, I, I got up, I mean, I had to drive a couple hours to get there and, uh, I had set up in my saddle and I, I, I had everything set up nice. And for some reason in the, about two hours in, I, I thought I needed to change my platform around. And so I put my platform on the opposite side of the tree, which isn't the strong <laughs> side for shooting the trail I wanted to shoot at. And, uh, I don't know. I even, I even thought to myself, like, oh, I need to put this back so I can shoot that trail. And I thought I'd, I thought the deer were going to come from a different way. And, uh, no more than probably about 20 minutes later, I saw something moving over my shoulder and I got a little pretty good look at him. He was probably like a three-year-old, but it would have been the biggest deer I'd have shot yet. So, uh, I ended up getting a shot at him. He was only 20 yards away. He, he kind of spooked and ran. I think he was blind in one eye, if I could see correctly. It looked like one of his, like his left eye wasn't there. But uh, I spun around when he started running, and he stopped at 20 yards, and I got a good shot at him. But uh, it hit a branch on the way and uh, just missed him completely. So that that was exciting. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so you you had a another couple of success, another yeah. successful hunt. Yeah, so you you had a couple encounters, then you kind of went on a dry spell for a while, I think. Then you ended up, you know, wanted to get some meat in the freezer, so that led up to this hunt. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I I actually I a lot of packages of meat I had from last year, uh, I, I just had to throw out because I was going. I went to Dethaw. I went to Defrost one, and uh, there's some stomach matter in there that uh, didn't get cleaned out good enough, and so I just ended up tossing a bunch of it. So it's it's I got a bunch sitting in my freezer right now that I from that fresh kill. So uh, feeling good about that. Got you. I got got you. I got a question just because I'm. I, I mean, I've never met you. I don't know uh, what your situation is and where you're at. So I was just kind of curious like laying the groundwork, you know, I guess out of my curiosity is, so it sounds like you were in Illinois. Yeah, I, I'm in Northern Illinois, probably about uh, 20 miles from the Wisconsin border. Uh, like right in the middle of the state, like central part of Northern Illinois. Gotcha. Yeah. And something to keep in mind, Zeb, is uh, we discussed this in earlier podcast. It's kind of weird how they have it set up on certain properties in Illinois. Certain properties, you have a little bit more leeway. And this particular property where he shot the four-pointer, correct me if I'm wrong, Tonson, but you're limited to, like, zones, correct? Yeah, I, I have, I have like, a 50 or 60-yard zone that I get. And, uh, I mean, there's, there's really – there's a lot of deer in the area and it, it seems like it's mostly bucks. I mean, I've only ever, I, I've seen a handful of does, but I've probably seen about eight to 10 different bucks and a few of them are really nice. That one that got killed was just, it, I think it's brow tines were, I don't know, like 10 inches or something like that. Yeah. That's 
It's a slammer. Yeah, and what he means by like these zones, they actually have kind of like a lottery, right, Tonson, at the start of the year. And there's like, what, five to ten guys that can hunt this property. And they actually are designated a number. And they actually have to like put their number on a board of where they plan to hit hunt for that year. Right. Well, for the year. Wow. Yeah, we well, you can you can go move it if you want to, which um, a couple guys have. I I haven't. There there's a couple of different there there's another program that runs it, so you just draw like a zone and you like you and your group get that zone. So mm-hmm. they just they do it a couple different ways in the different counties down here. And it's I mean it's it's an opportunity because we don't have very much public land, especially around where I live. And so it's just an opportunity to get uh, uh, some hunting spots if you really don't have access to them. That probably avoids a lot of fighting and arguing too, I'm sure. Well, I've actually been, I was fortunate this year, the guy who drew the zone next to me, um, he's, he's an old friend. So that, that kind of worked out. And then, He's actually good friends with the people in the, the other program that I drew. So it, it kind of just all worked out. We all kind of worked together pretty good on it. I got you. That sounds like a, a pretty sweet program. And yeah, that's, I just, I hadn't, hadn't heard about that before, but yeah, that's, uh, I think Rob brought up a good point. <laughs> takes care of a lot of the fighting. Yeah, it does. I, I would think. Yeah, I think it, honestly, uh, me and Bud have talked about this kind of like in metro, like city parks. I think that would be a great idea. Yeah. Like, for instance, like Green Bay area, Milwaukee area, uh, Madison area, just to like open up, you know, city park and uh, and county park opportunities. So. Listen, yeah, I've seen a lot of slammer bucks inside Ashwaubenon and De Pere and Green Bay. Go ahead, we'll, Rob. We'll get shot. In now, now in, De- in Delaware, we have, we have, it's kind of, I, I don't know, but it's just not my style, but <laughs> they have these box stands and they have these big boards uh, in some spots. And then you take an actual washer and it's first come, first serve. You put it up on the washer you're in stand nine or stand 10 or blah, blah, blah. Then they have other spots where everything is a lottery where you, you get this, you got to buy a lottery permit to even show up in the morning and it doesn't even guarantee you to hunt. It's first come with that lottery permit that gets to hunt. And then they take so many, that's so, Oh my God, it's a mess. But uh, I don't know. In Ohio. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I can do that. <laughs> but I guess uh, oh, we move forward to November 26 is when you shot this buck, correct? Yeah. And uh, give give us kind of layout of the land, like river bottom, hill country, farm country. What does this look like? Uh, it's it's a pretty flat type of river bottom. Uh, kind of, it's most of my zone is pretty thick, um, but this this spot is right on the edge, and it's. Uh, right on the edge of my zone and it's kind of it's it's really open all the thick like uh kind of comes like it it stops like right where i set up this tree stand and the reason i set up the tree stand there is because i had another stand that's only 
like really 50 yards away, but um, the deer weren't really using that trail at any point when I've been out there. They, I, they come up on a different trail and then they uh, start heading, I guess, west. And that, that's the opposite direction of where my other stand set up. And so I went in and set up a, a stand real quick to, uh, to kind of cut that off because um, I had seen more than enough deer moving that way. And uh, so, um, but it's, it's pretty wide open in there. Um, and then there's, it's kind of on an inside corner of a, of a cornfield. And uh, like the river's right there, like 20 yards away from where I set up the stand. So uh, everything reaches down with that river and that cornfield to about like 80 yards right there. So. <clears throat> nice, nice. So in terms of, uh, so this buck that you shot, was he moving along the river then when you shot him or how did that play out? Uh, well, what they do is they move, they move along that river and then they, because uh, the river bends up pretty far to the north, uh, right there, there's like a there's like a pretty good oxbow, and they they usually like stick to the trail that cuts over, um, like right along the edge of the cornfield there. Okay. So they come up that river and keep going straight to the edge of the cornfield instead of following the river. Mm, that makes sense. Makes sense. Makes yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, especially as we're headed more towards December here. Yeah. More focused on that field. Makes total sense, yeah. Anybody have any questions for Thompson so far? Uh, you use a saddle, huh? You saddle man? Uh, it, it depends. I was sitting in a tree stand on this one. Um, it, it just kind of whatever is the best option for me is what I'll use. I'm back and forth myself. I don't know what the hell I want anymore. I love my, you know, I love these these the 0.5 the 1.0 i mean it's they're they're really nice stands but i do like a saddle too i gotta admit so i'm back and forth my buddy wants me to try it again next year he's gonna work with me i'll say all right man so we'll see but that's we'll see <laughs> yeah i run, i run both i think it's, it's totally situation dependent yeah i agree mm -hmm. there's certain trees that is you have to hunt from a saddle for cover and you know as far as your angle and then there's other trees that i'm like nope i should have brought the tree stand in for this one yeah yeah i ran into the same same issue i got last year was my first year out of the saddle and i kind of got screwed on just an absolute brute and uh i didn't have my feet set right and he he took mm -hmm. a turn one way I didn't want him to go and I ended up not being able to turn. If I'd have been in the tree stand, you know, just standing up, it would have been like game that. over. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you guys said it best. There's, it's not a end all be all with just having one. Yeah. No, I, I think your, your best bet is to be efficient at both. I agree. 100%. Like I haven't seen like the point five and stuff, but if you can get, if you can cut the weight down enough to where you can have the saddle and then use like the 0.5 as your platform, but then have, have the saddle be your safety harness. I mean, I think that's the way it is. Cause when you get to the tree, especially if you're running gun where you're scouting your way in, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way to do it. You got the best of both worlds then. 
my buddy Jason it does, and he's actually got my point five, and uh, he's doing the same thing. He is he loves a saddle. He, I I think he's got a cruiser. He wants me to get a cruiser, and he's using my point five as just what you're saying, and absolutely loves it. He he flips the seat up for a knee bar and flips the pad over so you don't need any knee pads. And everything's yep. right there. I I was I've been in and out of a saddle since around 2007. That's the first conversation I had with John Eberhardt back then, and um, I've been back and forth, back and forth, and I just I I never knew anybody that knew anything about it until now. Now Jason wants to work with me. He's been doing it, and and um, I have an old trophy line, one of the original ones, and I like that with the suspenders because I have no ass. I need suspenders, so. <laughs> I put suspenders on mine because with all your lines and stuff, like walking yeah. in, it always fall off my ass. So I'm like, I had to put the suspenders on. Yeah. Well, now freaking now tethered came out where the little fancy loops and they got the freaking suspenders on them. Now I'm like, son of a yeah. bitch. Now I don't get yeah. them. And that's exactly what Jason told me. Uh, he says, Oh, we'll, we'll just get you suspenders from tethered. They're coming out with tethered coming out. I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> He's like my mentor now, my saddle mentor. So we'll we'll see. Well, I like a ring of steps. I, I do like a ring of steps. I've tried. That is my favorite way to saddle hunt. You you throw in the bag. You 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 OCB buckle and boom. I, I don't mind that because I I don't sit that long. I sit three four hours. That's it, man. I cannot yeah. sit all day. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> even in a stand. I can't. Just can't do it. But. Yeah, I just have a stand, and I say that you need both too. Like I, but stand is all I can afford right now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Fact, well. All right, Tonson. Yeah. Rob's doing his I, thing. Um, so yeah, this, I got one question for Tonson. Go ahead, I, Bob. I don't know if it was touched on, but now old dog here, look. <laughs> old girl there, man. <laughs> That's got one big ass when I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go so, ahead. Bud. Now this this property that that you ended up was that like your your main public piece that you have, or do you have a lot? Because I know you said that there's there's not a lot down there, but is that like yeah. that your only little public piece that you hunted? Yeah, it's it's these two two different programs I. Uh, I drew into and they're both the one's like eight minutes from my house and the other one's 10 minutes from my house. So you can't beat that. Um, it's, it's real convenient. Yeah. So now, and I know that you, you kind of just started hunting a handful of years ago. So did you have history with this property? So like since you hunted, uh, this, this is the same zone I drew in last year. Um, okay. And the reason I, I, we got to last year, they, if they drew you, they just assigned you a zone. And uh, this year we actually did like a live lottery draft. And okay. uh, I, I picked the That's same zone cool. I had last year because I'm, I'm hunting with a couple of like people. It's their first year hunting. And uh, I wanted to make it like kind of easy on myself yeah. to like help them learn yeah. so I could take them out there and like show them stuff. Cause I kind of had an idea about uh, okay. the zone already. And uh so, I mean, both of them have had encounters on deer this year. Um, my sister is one of them. She, she missed a deer. 
she I think she just blacked out and didn't even know what she was aiming <laughs> at. So she she shot under it, I think. And uh, right. and then my my cousin's the other one, and he's passed on a couple of different like cut uh, the one buck. It just it was like a little like four corn, I think, but one of the antlers was gone and he didn't want to shoot one without an antler. So. Yeah. So you had some, you had some history with the property then at least. Yeah, it was, uh, it, I, it was nice to be able to go out there and kind of know, have an idea where I was going to set up stands and stuff. But I, I think next year I'm going to be looking at some different properties because I, I know some people in different zones and I have, open lines of communication with them. And uh, I mean, we, we've been sharing stuff about the deer that are in our zones and there's a lot of nice deer in the area. So, yeah. Can, can, can I? Yeah, go ahead. Can you scout there? Can you postseason scout, preseason scout? Can I mean, um, you, what, what's the deal with that? So our season starts October 1st here. Mm -hmm. We were able to get in September 1st and start scouting was, okay. uh, First, we were able to get in. Um, you're not you're not allowed to post seasons. You're not allowed to be on the prop like a lot of the properties, like where the hunting takes place out of out of the season. That's how so, our federal properties are here. Our federals are the same way. But you can go anywhere, but you're not allowed to post season or preseason scout it at all. At all, same way. Yeah. So I mean, basically September first. Some some one of the first weekends in September, I got in there, set up a bunch of trail cameras, and then gave it a little bit of time, and then that's kind of how we decided where we were going to set up stands and stuff. So, cool, good, cool. So you were set set up in your saddle, correct on that day? Uh, I was set up in a uh, in a tree stand. Oh, a tree stand. So, uh, how did this buck come in? Did he come to your weak side, strong side? Um, I was sitting looking east, uh, facing the river because there's a trail that runs right, right along the river. And then there's also the, it, right it's the same trail, but it splits off and, and comes down to the south of where I was. So that those, those deer came to the south and I was, uh, I was still kind of had a lot of adrenaline going off of that turkey. And, um, <laughs> I, I've I've not shot a turkey yet, and I've it's just, now it's the second one I've missed. So uh, here's a tip: don't use your bow. Use a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I missed with the shotgun last spring. So, but uh, so I was I I was just kind of like you know working off the adrenaline from that, and then I had seen a little bit of movement, and I they they were in that thick stuff, and I couldn't tell what they were. And I, just because they were together, I figured they were does. But uh, that first one popped out, and I, I saw his antlers. And um, I mean, I, I was kind of I kind of went into the hunt thinking I was just going to shoot whatever I saw, except like a yearly. So yeah, uh, and he gave me the opportunity. I mean, he he kind of worked pretty slow. I mean, I was able to stand up and and get all kind of my feet set and everything. And um he got to this open area that was i i had kind of i had been arranging all the areas around so i knew it was about 20 yards away and um as soon as he gave me the opportunity i, I took the shot so and uh i, I he, he probably only went 60 yards after i shot him i i got him double london so 
I was happy, especially since I had missed that one earlier in the season when it hit the branch. I, I was starting to kind of doubt myself with the bow a little bit, but that, that, that made me feel pretty good. I was able to put a good shot on it. I hate that feeling. Yeah. yeah. Where, where, did you, where did you end up uh, shooting them? What's that? Where did you end up hitting them? It, it went right behind his, uh, his shoulder blade and uh, went both lungs and – so, Can't be dead, brother. Dead deer there. Dead bug. Yeah. Nice, nice. And I or, guess uh, – go ahead, Zeb. I was going to ask because you got, you got me intrigued how you said you got those other two. Um, was it your sister and your cousin or brother-in-law? I couldn't remember which one yeah, you said. Yeah, that you got into hunting. Um, you know, we were probably going to get into it now. I just kind of cut you off. But after the – fact did, were they able to come out and like track with you were they hunting with you or um, no because it, it was during uh like my cousin he's a fireman so he was on shift and uh mm -hmm. my sister i can't remember what she was doing but like she couldn't uh, uh she had both of her boys so she wasn't able to get out but the the guy after I shot, I, I I really I didn't hardly give it any time at all. Probably five minutes. I got down right away. I wanted to make sure I hit him. Hell yeah! Uh, I got a good look at him when he was running, and I couldn't see any blood, so I was kind of worried. I got down and I found the arrow, and it was good blood. And um, the guy who hunts the zone next to me, uh, I gave him a call just because I didn't. My deer ran into their zone, and uh, I didn't. <laughs> there if someone was hunting and uh he ended up calling me back about two minutes later and he was whispering he's like oh i'm in my tree stand uh he goes are you out here i said yeah he goes did you shoot one and i said yeah he goes i heard it fall down uh, he was only hunting about 80 yards away <laughs> so um he he told me uh you know let me know when you want to come look for it i'll get down and help you drag it out and stuff so um he, he helped me drag it up to the field edge where I was able to get my car to. So that was, that was pretty nice. That's good. That's cool. Most so like anymore and walk away. <laughs> so like just kind of touching on like that program and trying to figure out exactly how that all works. So now you shot that deer and he ran into a, another guy's zone. So yeah. are, are you able to like, carry your bow in there like what if you would have walked up on the deer and it was still alive good question um we're not allowed to have an arrow knocked if we're not in an elevated position so wow um, okay. but I, I mean i i gave him plenty of time and based on the blood and the guy saying that he crashed i was pretty confident that he was dead but i mean i because yeah. i'm I just kind of th thinking hypothetical and you know, yeah, I agree. Like, say say you would have had a questionable shot or something like that, and like yeah, you yeah. might have walked up on a live deer. I, I'm just trying to figure out exactly like your rules and laws. Yeah, we're we're not allowed to. Uh, uh, I, I I think if I I'd have to look, but I I think if you walked up and the deer was still alive, you'd be able to shoot it again. But I'd have to look at that. I can't remember what the rule is on that. Yeah. But I mean, you could just because I know this guy, I have his phone number. I was able to call him, but um that's good to know if, though bud it if, is. if you shoot if you shoot a deer and it goes out of your zone into another zone or off the property like we're supposed to call the conservation officers and have them come out and uh okay. they, they'll walk with you and stuff so 
I bet you they love that. Oh man, <laughs> I bet you they love that. When my shit, sister missed that deer earlier <laughs> in the season. She she saw some blood walking out, so I ended up going back out there, and we called the because it was after hours. We called the uh, conservation officer, and I was out there for probably an hour and a half. Uh, walking around looking to see if there was any other blood. I think it was from a uh, a deer that someone in the zone next to us shot earlier. And uh, yeah. so, because that was the only blood we saw. And um, I had my dog out there with me and he kept wanting to go over to that other zone. So, um, and it, that guy, someone in that zone had killed one earlier in the day. Mm. But uh, that, that conservation officer was with me the whole time. And, uh, he was having a good old time. I mean, he was telling me how like he never gets to do anything like this, and he was <laughs> being out there. So old green pants, old green pants. They call them here, old green pants. Well, there are people too, right? And a lot of them got into it for, uh, you know, because yeah. they love the outdoors too, right? Most of these guys here, these wardens here, are real good dudes, man. They really are. There's a girl. There's a chick in my area. She's a federal. She's cool as shit, man. She's real. Yeah. Read my, my name. Hey, Rob, what's up? <laughs> real good people. Why should Why should you know your name, Rob? You're running into her. Well, you know, hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey can I help me track a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> nah. <laughs> but, That's good shit. All right, let's get to the fun part of uh, this hunt. You got to bust out Mallard. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got down and uh, I told that guy I'm running home to grab my dog. I, mm. Like I, I saw it was good blood, but I he he needs as much experience as he can get. Uh, so I went home and grabbed him and I took him to the 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 spot where the deer was when I shot it. And he got on it right away and just started moving. I'm surprised so, they allow that. I'm surprised they allow. That. Oh. So uh, talking about your dog. It, and you said about the experience thing. So is, are you teaching the dog to blood trail or? Yeah, I, I, I have, uh, I have various like, uh, like drags and stuff that I use with him. And, uh, so I, I, I've been working with him. I got like a deer hide with some, like a little bottle of deer blood and stuff that I'll like take him out in my yard and just kind of work with him or take him. My parents own some property, so I'll take him over there and, uh, work with him over there. But, um, he, he had gotten pretty sick earlier in the year. And so I wasn't able really to like work with him for a while. And, um, so this was kind of like the first time he'd been out to do anything. Um, I, I had just been working with him earlier in the week for the first time and probably over a month on drags. And, uh, he was doing, he was doing pretty good with it. So I took him out. He stayed on the blood pretty much the whole time. So that's, good. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it was really like that. That was probably just as exciting as shooting the deer for me, just watching him kind of kind of sort it out and go and stuff. Yeah, yeah. dog work. Else. Yeah, that's awesome. And hopefully uh, he does really well with it, because I'm sure all of us need a <laughs> need a friend that has a dog that can track. Can you come come to Delaware, Thompson? I need you to track somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll yeah, be, then, I'm sending the chopper for you, man. Yeah, you yeah. and Mallard. <laughs> no, then I think another cool part of the hunt that yeah. kind of made me smile was uh, you process the deer entirely by yourself for the first time. That was oh, that's cool. cool, man. 
Yeah, that's um, always fun. I, I I I don't even I I just decided I was going to do it now, and because uh, last year we had taken our me and a buddy had taken our deers to the same butcher, and uh, I mean that guy basically. Like he told my buddy, like they basically just throw in all the grind into a big pile and mix all the deer together. And that's all. Yep. Every book. I wasn't. I, I didn't really like that idea. Yeah, and, they all do that. I think yeah. they do. But I mean, I it it took about ten hours total. Um, but I I mean, I did the whole thing myself, and uh, cool. I got it all kind of. The more you do it, the faster it goes. Yeah, I, I was just, I, I, I think it's really nice because I know exactly what I got in there, you know, and. Yep. Well, you can, uh, you can clean it how you want. And one of those, the things that a lot of people don't realize is, you know, you see the fat on the meat and you can trim out as much of the white you want. And venison, like, you know, a lot of people talk about that gamey taste. But a lot of people yep. don't realize that venison fat actually oxidizes and ruins things yeah. compared to like beef fat, you know. So, here, that's awesome. That yeah, well, yeah, that, that's, that's I got rid of all of that because I, I mean, like from the butcher, it still comes with it on there. And I last year I cooked up some, I think steaks or something, and I put them in the fridge, and within a night our fridge was just reeking. And uh, yep. <laughs> so. I'm not laughing at you, Thompson. I, I know what you're talking about. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. my next step is I'm I'm gonna try that Euro mount on my own. I got a pot and a and a boiler over at my dad's house that I can use outside of his barn. So that'll be my next thing that I'm gonna try. You put her in the ground too. Let her eat. People yeah. do that too. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's great, man. Is there any points that we didn't hit Tonson on this hunt that uh, we want to include, or did we pretty much cover everything? No, I don't think so. It was, I mean, it was it was a fast morning. I think I I was I had it to the because uh, part of the program is like you have to test them for CWD. So I I had it over to the the place that pulls out all the lymph nodes and stuff, and uh, I had it over there by ten thirty in the morning, and it was hanging up by noon. So. My Kentucky deer, same thing. We had to take it and, and uh, do the same thing. Cut the head off and take the lymph nodes out. It was, I don't know, CWD. So, Eric, I had a buddy uh, that hunts kind of down by Fenimore. He yep. shot a buck with his bull, buck with his gun. Both of them tested positive for CWD. Yeah, that one I got up there had CWD, too. So. Yep. Yup. I, uh, I, don't, I don't have a third nipple yet, Eric. Do you? No, no, I'm still right, good. Shit, I got four of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, and, and I, I eat PCB fish too, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rob's over by that freaking jersey. Who knows what yeah. the hell's going in the ground over there? <laughs> uh, we got all kinds of goofy shit going on around here, man. It all leaked down from New York. <laughs> oh, gross. All right, awesome. All right, well, uh, we're going to wrap Thompson's uh, portion of the podcast up here with a question that I came up with. All right, here we go, guys. This is for each of you, and uh, we'll just answer one at a time. Would you rather tag out on a buck opening day, a Boone and Crockett buck opening day, or would you rather hunt the rest of the season 
and kill a Pope and Young Buck on the final day? Whoever wants to take a stab at that question, go ahead. If I think you asked this this way, if I knew that buck, that Boone and Crockett was in that certain area and I was hunting and I had good data on him and I was after his ass, I would shoot him. If not, I, you know what? Yes, I would shoot him. I, I Keep would. in mind, yeah, with this I question, would, yeah, that's, would, the, yeah. that's the only buck you get you know to why? shoot. why? Oh, okay. I was going to say, because we shoot two bucks. <laughs> you know, shoot that you buck. know what? That, that's tough because I, I know this year sucked, dude. I mean, Eric, you know, I didn't hunt at all. I was sick as a dog. And I have some really good ones to go after, too. And it was just a, such a disappointment year. Uh, this year, yes. Um, next year, if I knew he was in there and I, I and I knew ahead of time that's the buck that I'm after and he was my target buck, yes. I mean, anybody's going to shoot a Boone and Crocker buck, of course. But that would just, you know, chop the cake with that. So Okay. So you yes. you would be fine with the one-day hunting for that year. All right. Oh, I'd be filming for somebody the rest of the year. <laughs> I'd be coming out there of your go. house or something. I wouldn't be done in the woods. I promise you. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Or yeah. just shoot a bunch of does. Yeah. All right. Who wants to stab this question next? Take a stab. Okay. So the easy short answer is I'd whack that thing as soon as it gave me the opportunity. Uh, Eric, you hunter with me now. You know how excited I get. Um, I don't usually have the opportunity like target bucks or any of that. Um, I, the, actually, the buck my brother shot this year was the first buck I, that we had killed that we ever had a show camp pick of. But, uh, yeah, my thing is I, I'll never pass a good deer. I just, I mean, I, I love the grind and the, you know, trying to figure stuff out. But I think, you know, Rob, you said it right away when you were talking to Tonson about having that success of seeing a buck and you didn't kill him. Yeah. So I did this a couple of years ago. I shot one second week in a season, great buck. Um, but then I kept hunting like I had a buck tag, but I have doe tags. So something I do is I'll buy a doe tag for every piece of property that I want to hunt. Um, cause it's based on counties in Wisconsin. So I'll buy a bunch of different County doe tags. And if I fill my buck tag, I'll hunt like I have yeah. a buck tag and then, you know, I'll go see does or whatever. One year I had, hmm. And astronaut, and for me, it was like the light bulb year. I had like five shooters coming from me that I could have killed. Um, but yeah, so my short and sweet answer is I would absolutely shoot it the first day. And, uh, you know, I kind of got a unique situation where I get to hunt with a lot of people and have enough tags to stay in the woods and hunt like I have a buck tag. So I'd, I'd whack them. All right. Hey, can I, let me add what to me. I hate the rut. Eric knows this. So <laughs> that's another reason why I can't stand the rut because I hate the gas. I mean, we all get, I agree. Oh, I hate the rut. You understand what I'm saying? I can't stand when I get in the tree and think to myself, am I going to see a fucking deer or not? Oh, excuse me. Am I going to see a deer or not? That's yeah, what I, I can't stand. Not the rut. <laughs> so, nope, and, I agree. And, and I hate the rut. The way, the way that I hunt, if I see a bunch of does or little bucks, 
I'm probably not in the right space to, to kill the buck that I'm after. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. A thousand percent. It's a one and done deal. Like if something's yeah. going to come out, it's going to be awesome. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Just under. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, the, the, the rut's way different than the pre-rut, in my opinion. Oh. I mean, cause they're still on the core, but they just expand the range. So yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with Rob on that one. All right, uh, Tonson, you look like you're about to fall asleep, so let's go with you next. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't think I'd even think about it. I just If I had a nice buck in front of me opening day, I'd, I'd shoot it. I'd, I have a hard enough time passing a little buck, so uh, it, it, would, it, it wouldn't even be – I don't think it would even be a choice in my head. And it's funny, when you, when you shared that question with us earlier, I was like, oh, I'd, I'd probably want to hunt, hunt the whole season. But now that I'm thinking about it, there's no way. Yeah, they make doe tags for a reason. Yeah. All right, bud. So hands down, yeah, I'm shooting at opening day. Yeah. Yeah. Because for one, I only got one bow kill under my belt. For for as all the, all the bow hunting I've done, I've only got one. So I just the whole I need I you got to have success to keep going. You do. I agree, hundred percent. You know, but then my second point is it, it doesn't mean even if i only had one buck tag and that was the only tag i had for the year it doesn't stop you from getting out there mm-hmm. because I, I can turn that around and i can still still go out and if, if i'm gonna deer hunt in quotations well if i have a spot that i like well now i can just be extra aggressive as far as setups, I, I can push the setup, and if I have the shooter come out in front of me, that's a success too. And I know that for next year because your best buck spots, they're it's not just that buck. If that buck dies, another buck that same caliber is going to be there the following year. So you're going to be able to learn spots, and I think that's the biggest part as far as deer hunting. It's not learning deer; it's learning spots. It's learning the his, the historic movements yeah. and stuff like that. And how they so react. So you're still going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. So I'm still going to be able to go out there and hunt. You know, that's not going to kill me. Not to mention, if I shoot a deer opening day, well, at least I got I got meat in the freezer. I mean, if I decide if, if it's shitty weather, well, I'm not going to, you know, push it, whatever. <laughs> I ain't going to get pneumonia this year. Yeah. You know, or if, if I want to go duck hunting or if I want to go grouse hunting or, you know, it's, it, it frees me up. Right on. You brought up a good point about knowing spots and using that to know spots. Cause that's, that was kind of my tactic with, uh, before I had kids was to run around, try all these different spots, have all this in my playbook. And now I got a one-year-old with another on the way. So it's like, Oh, I'm gonna be limited. So I hope to Christ is right. now, now. Now, you're you're gonna be down to you got this spot, you got this spot, this spot. You know, this time of the year on this win, and that's what you need. You need your 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 spots, where you're feeling 95 percent confident that when you go out there, that yeah, something's gonna come through. I agree. You know, and, and those spots are way more important than having 200 different spots. Yeah, I'll hunt the terrain with 
a little bit of sign versus a lot of sign any day of the week just based off that. wind wind is every, every i see i hunt super flat land and i don't touch the marshes around here i don't know why i just don't i i, I can't get into them but like everywhere i, I wish hunt, i had other shit other than marshes around here yeah redden state forest is all flat ditches uh clear cuts pine cuts everything is wind everything man with these bucks everything and you 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 could bet a million dollars on a buck and, and he's, you know what I mean? If, if, if it's that right wind, he's probably going to be there right, right close. Yeah. Yep. No, it, and uh, actually you, Thompson's a little bit newer and uh, this is a, a conversation we had earlier in the year, Thompson. I'm not sure if you remember it where you, you were talking about all this cold front stuff coming in and I was telling you, doesn't matter. Pay attention to the wind, pay attention to the wind. And, uh, yeah, and I think uh, going back to that learning experience, Thompson, is we uh, you're running a cell camera up on your uh, dad's land up in uh, Oneida County, and I was like, hey, this sets up for an east-southeast wind, and what yeah. happened? <laughs> every every, every, every time that buck came by, it was some some form of east wind. And I just did a video on that like three weeks ago. <laughs> Look yeah. it up. <laughs> so all I, I them think, bucks I got on camera. Yeah, so I think you know that 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 uh, cut down your learning curve. I think yeah. learning that Thompson um, this year. Yeah. So. That, I mean, uh, it, but uh, mention that. Go ahead. The first year I started running cell cams was probably like two years ago. And you know, from what I understand from that, like. The east wind, all of a sudden your camera's going to start blowing up, mm. if I understand. The same thing happened to me where it wasn't necessarily wind-based, but, you know, you get a lot of guys that have the regular trail cameras, and they look at it and be like, all right, now i got to go back and get the data and look at the weather data. When I started running cell cams, it would start raining by my house, and I'd be like, hmm, as soon as this rain quits, mid-morning, deer are going to move. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, like, boom, 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 phone starts going off. And just to, to be able to do that stuff on certain pieces of property, that's that's so cool. Like, ah, It's such an advantage, too. Plus, I put all mine on video because then you get even more advantage of seeing where they're coming from and where they're going. So it's such an advantage, man. It's just it's almost cheating anymore. <laughs> Not that it's guarantee, but it's it's yeah, it's getting there, man. It's crazy. Well, there's well, more and more bands coming out on them, so yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess I should answer this question. Um, I would go with the Boone and Crockett opening day. Reason I would do that is because my girlfriend's been asking me to go on fall leave trips, so I get bonus points for heading into the next year. You're not married yet. But anyway, after that, uh, I haven't hunted waterfowl. I haven't really pheasant hunted. I haven't really grouse hunted. I'd open a lot of opportunity for that. And uh, like you guys said, scouting for the next year because it never stops. It's a 365 yeah. day year thing. And, so, And not to mention, I mean, yeah. Kind of yeah, touch on like uh, like I said, like you can always still just go out there and hunt. I mean, 
we all do like that postseason scout where you're out there in spring or something like that hitting properties. Well, screw that. Go out there when you want to hunt it next year. <laughs> you know, see what's out there. I mean, it's going to be relatively the sign you see this year, next year within that week, that sign's going to be the same. Unless there's a big, you know, unless, you know, like up here, like in northern Wisconsin, unless they do a clear cut there or something, it's going to be the same. You know, unless, <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be within the in the week. Yeah. Go ahead, Zeb. So I think kind of comes back to what Thompson did, you know, showing those people how to hunt and, you know, their first year. That's another opportunity I don't think any of us has touched on, but I know we'd all be super jacked to do. Because, um, I mean, I got to teach my wife how to hunt, and now she's a stone-cold killer. And, you know, having that opportunity to take somebody else out there. Yep. And, exactly. you know, have a little bit lackadaisical approach to it and make it fun and... Yeah, you don't yeah. want to show up all the secrets right away. You got to make them earn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. You do. I Sam killed her first deer this year, Eric. I don't know if I told you or not. Oh, you did. Uh, awesome. You did. Yeah, big doe. So um, right. I agree with Bud. You know, I said let's get you on some deer and get and and let you learn how to react with deer around you before you start going after these you know buck beds and all that crap. So because that will drop your interest. You won't even want to go hunting <laughs> the way I hunt, so it, it yeah. just won't work. That's how I was raised. My cousin, too. He's. I said, we're going to get you some deer under your belt first, and then you can go after them big boys. <laughs> well, okay. Lunchtime, like, when you got your bow back and you haven't killed a few deer, like, there's yeah. a lot of things that go through your mind when you got, you know, you're drawn back on that whitetail. Oh, yeah, man. They're going sideways. Yeah. There, there's a lot of shit that goes through my mind as soon as I see a lake moving through the woods. Yeah. It starts shaking, the fucking tree shaking, and all this. It's, yep. No, I agree. Oh, no, that's some good stuff, boys. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's podcast. We had a blast with five of those guys talking about Tonson's Public Land Four Point Buck. You can check out the video on our YouTube channel. It's called Mallard's First Track because that was actually Thompson's dog's first track. Uh, thanks for listening this week and go ahead and check out our YouTube channel, Red Bearded Predators. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks.